Hi, this is Kevin Smith, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jane Silent Bob type pictures from back in the day. And you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder, man. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, Twitter sensation and stand-up comic Rob Delaney tells us what his initial thoughts were about the social network that's brought him so much fame and attention so far. Yeah, I mean, like everybody, I thought it was really stupid in the beginning. Uh, it didn't occur to me that it could be, uh, you know, like a joke jam for stand-up, which is what I use it as. We'll hear more from Rob Delaney in just a little bit. And we're also going to hear serendipitously from a young lady who we kind of found through Twitter. She lives in the UK and she puts out some music and we thought we'd give one of her tracks a spin. So look forward to that. And uh, since we didn't do it last week, I'm going to change the introduction to this just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to say, first, as usual, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Nikolai Sarkozy is out, and Francois Hollande is in as president of France. Hollande says he looks forward to a closer relationship with the United States, of which he has always been a big fan. He added that he never tires of hearing about how rude the French are, smelly cheese, and surrendering jokes. Sarkozy, meanwhile, has stated that he will consult with French business leaders, work on a possible book, and have sex with his hot wife. President Obama gave Congress a to-do list last week that he says will create jobs and help restore middle-class security, the White House said. Obama's list, which includes tax changes designed to dissuade outsourcing as well as new rules to help people refinance their homes, was the subject of a presidential speech in Albany last week. Congress taped the list to the refrigerator and promised to start working on it as soon as the ballgame's over. Mitt Romney reaffirmed his support for gay couples to adopt children in an interview uh, last Thursday on Fox News. The presumptive GOP nominee said it is fine for couples of the same sex to adopt children. He once again said that he is opposed to gay marriage, though, which President Obama now supports. Romney says he has no problem with same-sex couples creating families through adoption, but to call that marriage is a departure for the real meaning of that word, he said, unlike his great-great-grandfather, apparently, who had 12 wives. That's true. Look it up. Maryland's highest court ruled Friday that same-sex couples can divorce in the state, even though Maryland does not yet permit same-sex marriage, which is probably the cleverest way yet for those opposed to gay marriage to get their way. Yeah, you want to be like us? Here you go. Facebook stock jumped 13% to $43 as it opened for trading for the first time this past Friday, but almost as quickly the gain evaporated and shares in the world's largest social networking company were barely trading above their initial offering price before the price stabilized and staged an afternoon rebound. Facebook shares were sold to a select investors at an initial public offering priced at $38 a share. More than 300 million shares were traded within the first two hours. For those who weren't part of the exclusive group of initial Facebook investors, Zynga has developed Facebook Bill, a game for Facebook in which you get to run Facebook. Exiled Chinese dissident Weir Kazi once held the second spot in China's list of most wanted student leaders for his role in the Tiananmen Square protests. On Friday, Weir plans to turn himself in to officials at the Chinese embassy in Washington, D.C. for a return home. Weir, who has lived in exile for 23 years, hopes to copy legal activist Chen Guangcheng's dramatic and much-publicized journey in a reverse way, hopefully by being purposely arrested by Chinese authorities. I'm looking forward for an opportunity to see my parents, even if it is a prison visit and a chance to have a dialogue with the Chinese government, Weir said Thursday. Many experts believe that his best chance to get arrested, though, is to be signed by the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Dozens of sovereigns from 26 monarchies around the world, some 45 kings, queens, princes, emperors, sultans, and sheiks turned up for lunch at Windsor Castle this week to celebrate Queen Elizabeth II's Diamond Jubilee. The guest list included hit king Pete Rose, blues legend B.B. King, and the artist once again known as Prince. Terminator 3 star Nick Stahl, whose wife reported him missing on Monday, reached out to friends late uh, Friday, Pete reports People Magazine. His wife says that he is okay and claims to be entering rehab, but she's expressed her doubts on whether or not this will actually happen, because the last time he entered a high-security rehab clinic, he just turned into liquid and slid out under the door. I'm not even sure that's the same guy in the Terminator movies, but it sounded funny. Will Smith slapped a TV reporter who tried to kiss him before yesterday's Moscow premiere of Men in Black 3. A reporter from the Ukrainian television channel 1 Plus 1 approached Smith on the red carpet, put his hand on the actor's shoulders, and tried to kiss him, and it was all caught on tape. Smith pushed him away and then slapped him lightly across the cheek with the back of his left hand. He's lucky I didn't sucker punch him, said a laughing but surprised Smith. Zsa Gabor immediately rushed up behind Smith and slapped the reporter as well. You know, she's 95 years old now? Wow. And that's been Fake News with me. Rob Delaney is a stand-up comic who's uh, been working the clubs and so forth, though like so many uh, young comedians out there. And uh, I guess a couple of uh, months or maybe a year or so ago, stumbled onto Twitter and uh, since then has become probably one of the most popular comedians on that social network. And uh, it's just weird how things work sometimes, uh, how this you know social media thing and, and new media has really benefited guys, especially like Jimmy Pardo and Mark Marin and Jimmy Dore, and now people that are really getting known for, uh, for podcasting as well as their stand-up comedy. Uh, Rob Delaney, no exception, very funny man. He's playing theaters now. He'll be at the Taft Theater in Cincinnati uh, coming up uh, in June. Uh, we'll have the dates for you there for all his appearances on the uh, podcast. Podbean site. If you're listening to this any other way besides Podbean, uh, go, do go to pfradio.podbean.com. In the meantime, here is our conversation with Rob Delaney. Okay, joining us on PFT for quarter, it's Rob Delaney. Rob, how you doing? Cool. Well, I guess uh, most folks uh, probably know you right off from uh, your work on Twitter. Yes, I, I suspect that is true. Yes. So, uh, how did that come about? Well, that was, I assume, that was just serendipitous. I, I you probably didn't have a, a plan to become a big Twitter star. You probably just started tweeting, I assume, and it just took off from there. Yeah, I mean, like everybody, I thought it was really stupid in the beginning. Uh, it didn't occur to me that it could be, uh, you know, like a joke jam for stand-up, which is what I use it as, and that I've had any success come from it is just, you know, remains totally unbelievable to me. And, you know, I'm very grateful that, uh, you know, whatever nerd up there in uh, Silicon Valley or whatever invented it, <laughs> because it's just served me very well. As a friend of mine once said, you got to get in where you fit in. Uh, your friend was correct. Yep. Was, was, wasn't that Rhea Perlman who said that? <laughs> it, may, it may have been, yeah. Um, so I noticed, though, that uh, in your stage comedy, though, it's it's much different than your Twitter. Your Twitter, of course, you know, uh, very um, 
well, not really set a punchline. I guess the the setup is presumed, and you used to offer a punchline. But your uh, your live set's a bit more long form. You get to talk about uh, things in more detail. Uh, do you find that kind of helps you exercise a different muscle? Yeah, definitely. I mean, my stand up has always been longer form, and I've been doing stand up for a lot longer than I've been on Twitter. And frankly, before Twitter, I didn't know that. I was good at short jokes, you know? I mean, I enjoyed Uh them. And, uh, you know, what happened is I was submitting to a lot of late-night shows um, as a writer, so I was writing so many short jokes and not getting hired on these shows. So I wanted a place to put these jokes, and that, you know, wound up being Twitter. And uh, it, you know, turned out to be something that I really enjoyed it and, you know, hopefully have demonstrated, you know, some acumen with. Well, I think your followers would attest. Yeah, I think your followers would attest the fact that it's been very successful. So you you tried submitting to all of the uh, the late night shows. I tried that once. Uh, yeah, I, I submitted to uh, almost all of them, and frequently more than once. And uh, that's a very challenging process. Of course, those are coveted jobs. And, yes. Uh, you know, my packets would get uh, pretty far along the process. Sometimes they'd get to the host desk and stuff. And then, you know, they'd say, try again and stuff. And I did, but then other opportunities came along. So, That's yeah, cool. I haven't submitted to a late night show in a while, even though those are fantastic jobs to have. And many of my friends said, that's how they make a living. Well, I heard years ago you could just, you know, uh, send them kind of jokes one off. You didn't need to put together a package, and they would just use those jokes. And so I figured out the how to get the producer's email for the Tonight Show and sent a few jokes until he finally said, "Please stop." <laughs> and if folks listen to this podcast, can probably you know understand why he said that. Um, so now we, you are from Boston originally. Were you uh, one of these people that always wanted to be a comedian, or were you kind of uh, in a different path? And people say hey, you're really funny. You should be on a stage somewhere. Uh, no, I thought I wanted to be an actor, uh, which is embarrassing and sad. <laughs> and then when I was when I was about twenty, I started going to see the Upright Citizens Brigade uh, in New York do their Ass Cats, which is their long form improv show. And I'd always enjoyed comedy and was a big time, you know, consumer of it. But once I saw them, you know, uh, every Sunday night do that for about a year. I mean, the first time I saw it, it totally blew my mind, and then after I saw it a few times, I thought, I want to do this with my life. So seeing them live made me think, you know, these people breathe the same air that they do, they eat the same food that I do, they do this for a living, I would really like to try to do this for a living, so uh, gradually I... Uh, did try to do that, and now it is what I do, so very, very happy. So you're still doing some acting uh, as well as doing stand-up? Oh, sure, yeah, I'll act and stuff, uh, but, you know, just for something to do, you know. I uh, And not to denigrate it, of course, it's wonderful to act and people's cool stuff, they work hard writing and producing, but, like, my, you know, I wouldn't die if I couldn't act, but I really probably would die if I couldn't do stand-up. Uh, that's my number one mega passion. Now uh, another thing I've I noticed, uh, it, which people will, we can kind of see in your Twitter feed, but it's a, you get a little different view of it uh, in your stage show, is that uh, there's a lot of irony in your stuff. <laughs> irony, um, 
since you know you, you do tweet quite a bit do you use uh, any of those tweets uh, maybe if one gets retweeted a lot you maybe use it as a leaping off point to uh, develop a, a bigger bit oh absolutely you know because at the end of the day a super mega retweeted tweet is still a tweet you know um, whereas it, it resonates and it seems like something I'm interested in thematically or if I realize I've been tweeting about the same thing a few times then then that a signal to me that it needs to be mined deeper and uh, it would be a good idea to explore it further off stage so so definitely I will take tweets or groups of tweets about the same or similar thing and then extrapolate further on stage to try to make uh, more out of them. Uh, do, do people kind of uh, approach you now as uh, kind of being the, the expert in Twitter and or or, uh, or just, you know, in, in comedy in general, now that you've gotten this exposure? Um, yeah, people, uh, you know, who might be starting out or whatever will write me and ask me advice. And uh, I don't write back anymore uh, only because you know, I have a family and I have stuff that I gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> so many hours. I did write a thing on my uh, on my website that just says how to make it in comedy. Yeah. And I just tried to distill it down to the its most basic component. There's no like no one can ask you a question. And I speak for experience because I did this too. I would write people and be like, "What do I do?" And that's ridiculous. You just do comedy all the time. There's your answer. It's there's like everything, no, though. You know, there's no magical recipe. It's elbow grease and time um, and endurance. You know, it's not who do you know. Um, because let's say you do know the producer of the super-duper comedy show on TV. You know, they're not going to give you that gig if you can't produce. Right. And if you get that gig and then you can't produce, you'll be fired even if you're that person's nephew. So nepotism, cronyism, et cetera, only get you so far. Then after that, you've got to be funny and you've got to work hard. And the work hard is, is more important than being funny. I noticed you had some uh, YouTube videos apart from your uh, stand-up and a particularly hilarious one about state mottos. Um, and those got quite a few hits, but have you have many of those recently, or you're just more concentrating on Twitter and the, the stand-up uh, part of your career? Um, I'll make a YouTube video when the mood hits me. Uh, so the, there, there will surely be more of those to come. Uh, I made a video the other day, Chelsea Peretti. I, I, I mentioned in a tweet that I was... Uh, that I wanted to cry huh. and uh, about about something in my life, and Chelsea Peretti said, "I dare you to post a video of you crying to YouTube." So I made a video yeah. of crying, uh, and then I put it on YouTube. 
uh, because it's fun to do that. If your friend dares you to put a video of crying and then tweet it to hundreds of thousands of people, you should definitely do that. So I did. <laughs> there you go. So you're uh, playing the Taft Theater here in Cincinnati. And so I assume you're playing in big theaters around the country. Uh, how's that been as opposed to working uh, in comedy clubs? Is it a, is it a big difference? Uh, I mean, it's all performing, you know. I'll perform anywhere. I'll perform at a dirty basement, you know. I'll perform on a boat. I don't care. Um, I, the thing is, is, are there people there to watch? Uh, so is there a vast difference between clubs and a theater? I no, I don't think so. I mean, maybe mechanically you have to gesticulate more clownishly. So yeah. Visible. What I was wondering. Sort of, yeah, but I mean, not not really. Funny is funny, I think, and uh, I don't know. It's fun to hear a big wave of laughter come from a larger crowd. That's kind of you know Titanic. To yes. Feel that hit you is very intoxicating. Um, so. But, no, I don't care. You know, I, I just did a bunch of shows in New York this last weekend, and, you know, for audiences that varied widely uh, in size, and they were all incredibly fun. No, I noticed, uh, you know, occasionally you'll, you have some political commentary, but you also recommend uh, some more political and current events uh people on uh, Twitter. Does any of that find its way into the stage act, or just as it, you know... Just says it's funny. Did you say did politics make their way into the state? Yeah, act? yeah. Uh, they really don't um, at the moment, and the reason for that is I don't think that politics are the funniest thing. And when I'm doing stand-up, I want to be the funniest I can possibly be, uh, out of gratitude to the people who were kind enough to come and. Me, because uh, that's huge. Get to leave your house and go see. I mean, I'm so happy that anybody would ever do that, but I really want to physically, you know, ferociously assault them with the funniest stuff that I possibly can. And politics, uh, I don't think is the funniest thing. It's something I care about, think about, talk about, but when I'm on stage, it's like you can only laugh so hard about a political joke, about a political situation. You can only laugh so hard similarly about a television show or a movie or something from pop culture, but you can really hurt yourself or yourself laughing about something more uh, on a fundamentally deeper level like family or sex or shame or embarrassment or pain. You know, I, so I really try to get down to the more an elemental level when I'm on stage. And uh, politics is, like, not, to me, the funniest thing in the world. Uh, you, so I, I reserve that more for essays or magazine articles. Or okay. Stupid. So what would you ultimately like to do uh, at this point with the career? You know, you got the acting background. You've, you, you are uh, adept at writing both long-form and short-form comedy. Uh, what, would you, what would be the dream gig? Uh, um, I mean, ultimately, to write, produce, and, uh, well, to do stand-up all over the English-speaking world uh, forever until I die, that's the main one. And then, in addition to that, write, produce, and be in uh, TV shows and movies. Uh, you know, I mean, heroes of mine are like Pryor 
Cosby, Sarah Silverman, you know, people who are stand-ups, but then also do other stuff that uh, is funny as well. Well, sounds like things are moving in the right direction for you, uh, to be sure. Well, you know, one foot in front of the other, work hard, be nice, you know, say thank you. That's my whole thing. Yeah, I had a former boss in, uh, in radio. I had a former boss in radio that said the, the same thing. Said, be nice to everybody. You never know. Yeah, so, I mean, why not? Yeah, you know, yeah. It takes time to be nice and the best to be a jerk. It's kind of like lying, you know? Like, I don't tell people the truth in my day-to-day business because I'm a super-duper guy who's a champion of veracity. I do it because I'm selfish and it's easier. And it's literally, once you figure out that, that life is literally easier for your fat, selfish, blob self, in this case me, then it's, I'm more inclined to be nice to people. So I'm actually a terrible person and really fundamentally lazy who's figured out that honesty and kindness serve that lifestyle better. So that's my message to the world. <laughs> a good lesson for all of us. Okay, Rob, well, thanks a lot for taking the time uh, to join us on the podcast today. Uh, the print version of this will be in CityBeat uh, when you're the week you're here in town, and folks around the world can go to citybeat.com to see that uh, in two weeks, and the podcast should plop Sunday night. And, uh, again, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule. Thank you. So do you have everything you need for both the podcast and the print? Totally. We're good to go. Okay, great. And if you want to go to the sh- any of the shows, uh, email me or my agent and we'll give you free tickets and all that. Great, man. All right, we'll do that. Alrighty, sir. Thanks again. All right. Thank bu- you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks again for Rob Delaney for being on the podcast. Again, uh, go to pfradio.podbean.com for all of Rob's dates, and uh, to, we'll tell you how to find his Twitter account. If you're not already following him on Twitter, and you are on Twitter uh, for any amount of time, uh, you're not hip. You need to get following this guy. All right. Well, uh, speaking of Twitter, um, this past week or so, I believe it was, uh, a record label, I believe it was Red Dragon Records, uh, who I believe I follow, or they follow me. I'm not sure who's, who followed who first. But uh, they said if you uh, are a, a journalist or a blogger or something like that and want to hear more of our music, let us know. And I said, well, hey, we like to play uh, new artists and stuff all the time on the podcast uh, because we like new artists, and, and, and I'm lazy, and that saves me having to do four minutes of work and, and having to write another bit. So... It's a win-win. Uh, I guess, anyway, uh, this young lady uh, named Sophie Louise Flynn in the United Kingdom uh, must have seen my tweet somehow and started following me. I discovered she's on Bandcamp, the uh, popular music website for uh, independent artists. I checked out some of her tracks and, and uh, tweeted back and said, hey, look, I'd like to play one of your tunes, and she's quite excited about it. Give you a little uh, information about her. She is uh, from, let me see, uh, Wilkinshire, I believe in the UK. 
yes, War I'm sorry, Warwickshire, Warwickshire there, and is, uh, if I calculate correctly, she is not far from uh, our friends at NFL Review K, Matt and Elliot, for those of you who listen to my other podcast, uh, The No Huddle, Elliot and Matt, of course, uh, appear once a year on the podcast, ahead of the NFL game that's played in London, and uh, so uh, not too far from uh, our, our new friend, Sophie uh, Louise Flynn, and uh, the song we're going to play here is called USI, and you can find her at uh, Sophie Flynn, all one word, .bandcamp.com. You can download uh, any of the four tracks she has for free, so that's a good deal. And, of course, again, have all the links on the Podbean page. In the meantime, here is Sophie Flynn with USI. Sophie Flynn from Wilkinshire, UK, with her song USI. You can check her out at sophieflynn.bandcamp.com. You can find Rob Delaney uh, at Rob Delaney on Twitter. And, of course, go to pfradio.podbean.com. We'll have all the links that you will need uh, that, were, that uh, correspond to this episode. Going to be another uh, short episode. Going to let you out a little early because it's, it's so nice outside. Go out and play. Um, and we're going to end class a little early today here. Uh, life has kind of gotten in the way, so I haven't had time to produce those 
stupid bits, and uh, you're probably all thankful for that. So I will just tell you to like us on Facebook, follow me on Twitter at PF66, PF Tape Recorder logo designed by Dan Coble. Uh, who's also supposed to have a podcast very soon. He keeps threatening to have one. Um, oh, dates. I am at Go Bananas June 20th with Jim Lugers, who you know from this podcast. He does some of our voices for us. So Jim and I are both competing in the same round of the Funniest Person at Cincinnati contest. So do make plans uh, to be there June 20th to support me and Jim. Uh, if you're making plans to support me after that, don't worry about it. The rest of your summer is probably going to be free, <laughs> but you might want to turn up and help Jim. Uh, so come out and see us there at Go Bananas. Again, I'll have links to that. Uh, let me see. Oh, music for PS Tape Recorder was composed by John Veropoulos with a little help from me. Uh, performed and produced by John Veropoulos, Doug O'Connor, with a little help from me. Um, I guess that's all the business we have uh, at this point, except to say so long and thanks for listening. Bye.